Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have part two now, a continuation of our conversation with Dr. Robert Malone. He, of course, is the inventor of uh, mRNA uh, technology and vaccines. And we're talking a lot about the FDA, the government, its role, Twitter's involvement with the government. What is Twitter? He's got a book out called Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming. And, Doc, thanks for staying for the second segment. I appreciate you. Uh, Joe, it's always my pleasure. And any time... You have a moment to talk. I'm glad to do it. Thank you so much. All right, so I'm a big fan of, of President Trump. I interviewed him last week. Great interview. He's very open, very upfront. Um, knowing that I like him, maybe I'm being softer on him than, than I should. So I want to present this to you as the doctor. He wanted warp speed. He wanted these vaccines fast. He wanted these, these solutions, these other treatments fast. Uh, he mentioned hydroxychloroquine. Suddenly that was poison. Don't touch hydroxychloroquine because Trump said it. Uh, if somebody mentioned ivermectin, they were in trouble too, kicked off of social media, kicked out of society. But the way I look at it, and again, I'm willing to have you tell me that I'm wrong, is that Trump just took the advice of Burks, who has now admitted that she lied, took the advice of Fauci, who lied about gain of function, which he did fund, and he's getting royalties, and he won't tell us what, what royalties he's getting. Um, I don't want to think that President Trump was naive, but he's not a scientist. He had to listen to what they said, didn't he? So I think you make a key point. Uh, for the record, and you've only barely scratched the surface, right. uh, of the uh, details that have been revealed in the Brownstone Institute articles and so much investigative work that's been done, a uh, recent book out by Whitney Webb. I mean, it just goes on and on. The reveals uh, that are coming out together with the legal cases are allowing us to have a very clear picture of what transpired. And then as we discussed in the first segment, we now have Pfizer directly acknowledging that they never even did the test to determine whether or not the vaccine was going to be effective in stopping spread. And yet, nevertheless, it was implemented all over the world and people were forced to lock down in their homes, shut their businesses, et cetera, for with to, you know, or accept a product that was completely untested and has been proven to be absolutely not effective in stopping transmission. And in fact, the Washington Post called me a liar for saying this on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, but in fact, uh, we'll we'll see them accord on that one. Good. Uh, Yeah, but uh, in in terms of Mr. Trump, he he continued, I don't know what he said in your interview, 
He continues to uh, have pride in OWS and what transpired. I have some fairly detailed in insight into what transpired because the project manager uh, for OWS for the Moderna jab is somebody that I mentored as a lieutenant colonel many years ago during the Ebola outbreak. And he okay. called me and discussed what he had experienced. And I'm going to I'm going to hold his name back just out of respect for him personally. Sure. Um, but uh, uh, I, I do. The record appears to show that there were, were significant machinations on the part of Burks and Fauci uh, to keep the president from gaining access to uh, alternative points of view, uh, in, including very aggressive efforts to block the counsel of Dr. Scott Atlas, which was absolutely on the mark. And uh, I think, and then, then we have the clear, unequivocal example of the conspiracy between Janet Woodcock and Rick Bright. Janet, who was functionally head of OWS for drugs, uh, and Rick Bright, who was head of BARDA at the time, the Biologic Advanced Research and Direct and Development Agency, uh, to um, block the deployment of hydroxychloroquine in the outpatient population, despite the fact that Peter Navarro, bless his heart, yeah. had acquired a huge number of tablets uh, for the United States population. And if he had been allowed to deploy that, there are uh, various estimates, but uh, we would have probably saved certainly hundreds of thousands of lives lost. Um, and then if we compound that by, the, you know, in a scenario where we did not deploy this toxic drug remdesivir uh, based on a highly flawed clinical trial that Tony Fauci arbitrarily re-engineered and then declared it a major success, there are more lives that were lost that could have been avoided. Uh, it's, it's I want to stop you there because it's amazing information. I want to reiterate for my audience that hydroxychloroquine is regularly taken by people in Nigeria. It's a malaria drug. Uh, people in Nigeria per capita have way lower instances of COVID-19 than the rest of us have. So we know that it works because of those studies. Ivermectin, we know that it worked very well in India. I had COVID. I'm not, it, it took no injections. I'm 56, reasonably healthy. I, I was back in the air two days later after taking ivermectin and some steroids for my lungs to make sure that I could breathe okay. Um, uh, the fact is we were pushed, uh, these vaccines were pushed on us big time because of the information that was coming from Burks, from Fauci. Um, and, and also, by the way, and I, I know that you're not an opinion guy, but I wonder if you have a scientific reason why they would have done this. Going into office and running for office, Biden and, and Harris both said, I'm not taking that shot. No way I'm taking that shot. And then once they got into office, they forced it down our throats. The one thing that Trump never did, and I asked him about this directly, um, about whether he would ever have done mandates. He said, absolutely not. I would not mandate the shot for anybody. I wouldn't be kicking people out of the army because of it. I wouldn't be kicking people out of hospitals because of it. And Biden and Harris did just that after claiming that they weren't going to even take the shots themselves. Was that a money play? Do we know why they did that? Because they certainly did an about face. Uh, we don't know it. Uh, and there's a lot of things that are coming out about the Biden administration that are just deeply troubling. Yes. Uh, the rise of the surveillance state, the weaponization of social media, um, the defamation, slander, um, uh, all kinds of of aspects of of what's the weaponization 
of the FBI and the DOJ. I mean, we could just go on and on and on, and you right. could you could make a longer list than I could, Joe. You've yes. been living. Um, but why this gets to the fundamental question of why the obsessive push for mRNA vaccines in particular. And I have a hypothesis about that that I spoke about first uh, at a, at a uh, conference down in Richmond okay. two weeks ago. And it has to do with uh, the unmet need, uh, which the CIA clearly perceives and DARPA clearly perceives, the unmet need for a platform technology to allow rapid response to emerging infectious disease and uh, bioweapons, engineered pathogens. But that does not excuse what they've done in any way. What they've really done is they have destroyed the legitimacy of the technology, any potential future it had. Uh, for instance, I'm told that in Uganda right now, with the most recent Ebola outbreak, there's an effort to deploy a test mRNA vaccine, and the citizens of Uganda want nothing to do with it, justifiably, because it's an mRNA product. Everybody all over the world now knows the game that's been played, and uh, it's it's a clear it's a clear example of uh, what I believe uh, illustrates the control linkages between um, the United Nations, uh, the World Health Organization, and the World Economic Forum, and what we colloquially refer to as the globalists, for want of a better term, or we right. could call it the uniparty. But I, I think the evidence is fairly clear that uh, both Obama and Biden are really um, more globalists than they are Americans. I, that's a strong statement. But I'm of the opinion, and you mentioned the Malone Institute, I'm of the opinion that these trained agents of the World Economic Forum that have been placed in governments all over the world throughout tech and industry um, are, are not, they really should be registered as foreign agents. Um, and and that's, those are strong words. And I know people like Tulsi Gabbard came out of that and Rick Scott, but also Gavin Newsom and Governor, Governor Inslee and many others. But these are people that have been through a five-year indoctrination program about the logic of a transcendent one-world government, which is based on the thesis that the nation-state is obsolete. And, and, by, and by the way, Doug, it is very easy to support everything you just said. Extremely easy when you see what Justin Trudeau is doing where he is. When you see some of these leaders in New Zealand and other places and what they're doing. It's very easy to support what you said. As much as it's a hypothesis and a theory, it really does, it lives in reality. The UN does exist. The WEF does exist. We've got these people who are trying to, to control us <laughs> through a global outlook and not, and not allow us to have self-control. Agenda 2030 does exist. Agenda 2030 explicitly states that it's the right of the individual to not be restricted by borders. What we're seeing with the open borders, everybody, one of the fascinating things for me in being able to travel so much over the last two years worldwide and interact with these various uh, folks that are, let's say, awake, is, is how, how parallel all of the language, activities, censorship, government policies are exactly. all over the world. 
And one of those policies that seems so incredibly paradoxical to people that live in Ireland, Great Britain, Italy, France, Germany, and the United States is the open borders policy. But the open borders policy is absolutely a clear and explicit Agenda 2030. This is a UN document. Uh, Agenda 2030 objective. There should be open borders. And what we're seeing is a a federal government currently, I'm, I feel quite strongly and confident in saying this, that that um, Mr. Biden uh, is absolutely captured by the World Economic Forum and the agendas that it represents. Agreed. That's what he's been deploying. Without a doubt. It's Dr. Robert Malone. He's the inventor of mRNA technology and the vaccines. Uh, the book is called Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming. Get that on Amazon right now. And he wrote a great article on Substack about Twitter and the weaponization of Twitter and, and other sites too. rwmalonemd.substack.com. I've only got three or four minutes left, Doc, and I, and I want to continue to be quiet. I'm more quiet with you than I am with most people that I interview because there's so much great information coming. I don't dare step on it. Um, if you could just answer a simple question for me as the inventor of this technology. What was the, the benefit, the good intention of mRNA technology? What should it do uh, if used correctly? The original intention and the insight was that mRNA could be used as a drug. And one of the potential applications was as vaccines. That's the entry-level application. Right. Uh, and in particular, what it allows is to rapidly move from a genetic sequence an understanding of the underlying molecular biology to a potential drug, whether it's a vaccine or a therapeutic for cancer or whatever, personalized medicine. Yeah. And, it, and it has the potential to be a truly a platform technology in which uh, the core ability to deliver the product remains the same. So all of that manufacturing process would be the same. And all you'd have to do is substitute the sequences for a different RNA anytime you want a new therapeutic. So it could really open the door <clears throat> for very rapid response. And what I've advocated for uh, for a long time was we have a, a strong unmet need for special forces, for example, to be able to be protected when they intervene in hot zones or in uh, a specific site where let's just say generically the bad guys might be working on a bioweapon, which okay. now this technology makes this trivial. Um, people can do it with stuff they buy off of eBay in their garage. It's that simple. Uh, and they can mail order from China the RNA sequences. It's, oh, you know, this is all cookbook stuff. It's really quite scary, and you'll find articles about that also in our Substack. But but that, that was the logic was that it could be used for rapid response. I never imagined that it would be useful for global deployment. And there seems to have been an agenda to gain acceptance all over the world of this new technology. That's giving the benefit of the doubt. Now, there seems to have been a lot of other agendas packed on top of it, like vaccine passports, digital IDs, migration to... Um, uh, a bank of international settlements, uh, central digital currency, etc. This it's like they they took this little um, uh, I don't know uh, bird that laid the golden egg and and then exploited it for all these other agendas and and rushed the technology out into humans. Right. 
um, without appropriately testing. Well, it almost it almost became a Trojan horse. I mean, suddenly they can latch everything they want inside of it. They can track us. They can track how we spend. They can track how we eat, where we work, what we do, where we've traveled. And, and that I think I get where you're coming from, and I think that's pretty nasty because the work that you've done, I know, and we've we've talked many times. We haven't met face to face, but I know that you're a good man who wants to do good for for all of mankind. And they're 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 selling the work that you did. That's I'm so glad that you explained what it is and what it should do. Uh, one one last question, if you don't mind, and, and I mentioned McCullough uh, came on yesterday, and I'm going to ask you what I asked him and see if you agree. By the way, the name of the book is called Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming. Dr. Robert Malone, get that on Amazon right this second, and also go to his Substack, rwmalonemd.substack.com. Find out about Twitter as a, as a, as a weapon. Go ahead. I, I was talking with Tony Lyons, the publisher, this morning. Uh, the editorial team just got their teeth into it at the beginning of the week. And we're hoping that the Kindle version comes out before the election. I just don't want anybody to be disappointed. It's currently available for pre-order. That would be perfect. Okay, a- excellent. Um, yesterday, I asked Dr. Uh, Dr. McCullough, who had uh, taken all the information that you, that you have, that you and I have talked about in the first part of this and the second part of this, and I said very directly, do you think humans should be taking these, these shots? They didn't even call them vaccines anymore. And he said, because of the lack of research, absolutely not pull it off the market now. Do you agree? Um, more than agree, and this has been something that I've been attacked for that I didn't make such a statement. Uh, the Global COVID Summit website shows the press release that we gave on May 11th of this year that unequivocally says at that point in time that the 17,000 physicians and medical scientists that I represent all concurred that the products should not should be taken off the market. They are neither safe nor effective. And furthermore, there's a number of other statements which go down the list of things and include uh, uh, advocacy that there should be um, individuals specifically held accountable, corporations held accountable, hearings and trials. Uh, we're we're strongly of the opinion that this should not be swept under the rug, even though that's exactly what uh, the government will, and the World Health Organization will try to do. Can't tell you how much I appreciate your knowledge, your honesty, and, and uh, so much thought goes into what it is that you're doing for the rest of us. Dr. Robert Malone, go to um, rwmalonemd.substack.com. Read everything he does there, plus get this book, Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming. We've got to do it more often, Doc. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. All right. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, thanks for uh, giving us some of your time today. That was Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of mRNA technology, being very direct about, no, he doesn't think that it's for human use. Being very direct about who he thinks is behind this push. 
I'll post that tonight. I posted part one last night on Rumble, and then I put it up on all the social media. I'll post part two tonight on Rumble and all of my social media as well. Make sure you're following on all the sites that you possibly can. We'll get that information out there. Really good stuff from the doctor. We appreciate him coming on. Next hour, campus reform and a lot more. Do not touch that dial. The Joe Pag Show. Coming back. This is the Joe Pag Show.